Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Happy Monday to everybody. Jake coming at you from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivid Arena. Austin Horton producing today, as usual, across the glass for me. And safely social distancing from Casa de Monson. The one, the only, the jolly Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. I hope everybody had a good Christmas. Jake, did you? Yeah, it went fine. Yeah, it was good. Kid had a good time. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah that's you know, all that matters. did family in a different way this year, of course, than usual. Uh, everything's yeah. a little different this year, but uh, yeah, it was good. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, now, uh, Sadie is at the age. Now, many of our listeners have uh, had who have had kids know what that's like when they're about the age of Sadie, between three and four years old, and uh, you know, uh, that, that's that's kind of a magical time. It is. We got her, uh, this is kind of funny, we got her a giant Minnie Mouse, you know, like stuffed animal thing, but giant, like bigger than she is. Huge. <laughs> Minnie Mouse. Uh, she loves Minnie, so she was okay. she was pretty excited about it. So she insists on sleeping with it in her bed, uh, but on top of that, she, she insists like sleeping on it in some way. And so now it's funny because we have the video monitor right into her room and you can she sleeps in the most awkward fashion, like horizontal on her twin bed, all bent out of shape because she like insists on sleeping on this giant Minnie Mouse. But uh, but she's excited about it. So that's oh, good. good. Well, sounds like uh, sounds like you were, Santa was a hit. Yeah, she has three Minnie Mouses, one little like Beanie Baby Minnie Mouse. That's little Minnie. And then a little bit bigger Minnie Mouse. That's Big Minnie. And uh, this is this is really Big Minnie. <laughs> they come in all all sizes. And, huh? and how about this? This this is funny from Christmas. Okay, we are not huge. Well, I'll explain this later. She got a uh, she got a baby doll from from Grandma. She she got a new baby doll, which she's really excited about. And you know, of course, uh, my mom overdid it on the the accessories. I mean, we just full size cribs and strollers and all this <laughs> stuff. She's just nuts about it. And uh, so, but she gave the baby doll a name, and and the name she picked, Gordon. Any any guesses? Any guesses? A mini? No, not mini. No. no. <laughs> well, Although uh, another reference from pop culture. No idea. And this pretty little baby doll. Is now named Baby Yoda. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's now named Baby Yoda. And here's the thing, though. We're not huge Star Wars people. We don't. Like, she's never seen Star Wars. I've never seen The Mandalorian. Never. Not not one second of it. Oh, wait a second. Then how, how I don't does know. she have any? I don't know. <laughs> I really have. Does she hear about it at school, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um 
I think her. There's a lesson here, Jake, and that is even if you didn't want her to know about Yoda, she's knowing about Yoda. You know, it's kind of funny, though. The the doll came with a name and supposed to be named Brienne. So we've been trying to push her like, like, oh, do you have baby Brie? And she's she's like, yeah, baby Yoda's right here. (laughs) Not listening to you. Not paying a a word of attention. That's that's good. That's good for you. It's funny. Yeah, it's it's whatever she wants. She's she's really excited about it, though. She's really excited about it. Oh, that's good. I have a I have sort of a humorous uh, story from Christmas. Uh, uh, morning. Uh, the the morning started quite late because we don't have a, we didn't have young children in our home, and so we just sort of got around to it. <laughs> so so okay, let me back up on this. Earlier this year, I got a I got an an, an Apple Watch, and uh, my for whatever reason. Uh, Okay, well, let me, let me, not when I, I don't want to spoil the ending to this, but anyway, I just did that. And so my daughter, uh, requested a, an Apple Watch for, uh, for Christmas. And so my wife goes out and gets her, gets her that watch. And, uh, uh, you know, she was doing her wrapping. She wrapped, uh, wrapped it all up and everything. And, and so my daughter opened, uh, the gift. On, on Christmas uh, morn, and uh, it was an empty box. The watch was not there. And we thought, wow, did they really, did production get to the point where they would just send a box and forget to put the watch in? And if that is, in fact, the case, then how do you prove that the box showed up empty as opposed to someone taking it out and then saying you got an empty box? Well, then my daughter looked at the box and saw the, the color of it and the style of it and said, not only is the box empty, but they sent the wrong one. Turned out my wife wrapped the box that my watch came in instead of the box with the watch in it. You had already opened your Apple Watch then. Well, yeah, I got this watch months ago. So anyway, why'd, you, why'd you keep the box? I don't know. It was just there. It was there in a near where I guess she had put uh, my daughter's uh, gift. So anyway, we got a good laugh out of that, you know. But answer me that. What do you do? Has anyone ever gotten an empty box? I mean, I've gone to I've gone to a certain fast food restaurant and ordered a chicken sandwich and got the sandwich and went home and and, and went to eat the sandwich and everything was in there but the chicken. And so I, I went back and, and got a sandwich with the chicken in it. But how do you, if you get a container, how, how do you prove that it arrived at your door empty? I don't know. I, I have no idea. On the, You know, here's the difference between you and me, though, real quick. I, I just uh, a subtle difference, but a difference. Uh, well, I have also gotten the wrong uh, order at uh, fast food restaurants multiple times, in multiple ways, of course. Not once have I driven back. I just eat. Well, the- yeah, but it was. I mean, how can you eat a chicken sandwich without chicken? I don't know. I'd choke it down. It's better than getting the second chicken sandwich with chicken and saliva. Yeah, right. And you open the door to that. Yeah, and I just, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm eating. It's not. Uh, I'm not eating at the Ritz Carlton, right? You know, I, what are, what are you really expecting from that chicken sandwich? Yeah, but you know what I mean. On, a couple of things. Well, let me back up here. That happened to me. 
uh, many, many years ago. Would I do that now? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to the trouble, but it wasn't that far away. So I'm not criticizing. I mean, I, I'm really not. You, I, a lot of people, I think, are like you and would, would go back and rectify. Like my wife would go back and rectify the situation, 100%. Because it's the principle of the thing. Right. It's not yeah. about the chicken. Yeah, it's yeah. about the principle. I'm not criticizing. But th- this is me and my lot in life. I get it home. I'm just eating it. I'm, I don't care. <laughs> You know, I don't I care. Toast like, it up and, and just eat warm it. that thing yeah, up and right. eat it, man. Yeah. All right, okay. Just imagine there's chicken on it. Yeah, exactly. Mmm, this this bread, lettuce, and mayo is sure going down great. <laughs> but you know you what I'm not problem? doing is storming back to the fast food joint. Do you have any uh, storming? Nobody stormed. I mean, people make mistakes. I get that. You know. I'm... Did you throw the 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 bun and and such at the person when you got there? No, it was not very far away, and I just went there, and I said, hey, you know, I got this sandwich, and it it didn't have any chicken in it. And they said, oh, we're sorry. And they gave Well, me how did they prove that you didn't just wolf down that chicken? Why would I do that? Well, see, this is the this is the apple scam you're talking about. We're coming full yeah, full circle that, here. I'm, how did they how did they know that you didn't wolf down that chicken? You know, they probably said we're just going to take this guy's word for it because even if <laughs> he's scamming us, it's not worth the trouble to to actually do something about it. So here, take this fried chicken patty that cost us eight <laughs> cents and go on your merry way. Yeah, but when, when when there's a more sizable investment involved, I, that thought Trust really me, it, took, my it, mind. It, it cost about eight cents to manufacture that Apple no, Watch. No, I so. know that, but but if you're getting an Apple Watch, it's a little it's a little more invested in that, and so and, and I, maybe it never happens. But I, I started to wonder: Has anyone else had an experience where you got an empty box for Christmas, where there was some sort of mistake made, where something was not included? I don't know. That just seems like uh, it would be uh, somewhat problematic to prove that uh, you did not receive anything. But it has to have happened. Maybe it happened to one of our listeners. I don't know. I'm sure Apple would be like, if this guy took the time to to call <laughs> and and complain and sat on hold for two and a half hours to tell us he got an empty box, well, then just give him a Dern watch. I wonder if there's like a, a tracking system of some sort so they can... Trace it back to whoever was doing the packaging or whatever. Maybe, maybe there is. I don't know. You want justice anyway, is what it sounds like my, for something that my, didn't my happen. Daughter, my daughter's all excited. She's opening this box and voila, there's nothing in there. <laughs> it was, it was uh, maybe you just had to be there, but it was a humorous moment. All right. Uh, we, we have a lot to do today. There's a lot of major stuff going on. We're going to talk some jazz basketball uh, coming up here momentarily. And we're going to talk uh, a little bit about Zach Wilson. He had an interesting weekend or at least... Uh, some uh, some stuff was said about him that we will uh, we will get to, but let's let's start the show here, Gordon. This won't be the split story because because um, you know we can get to it throughout the day because of course it's a major story, but uh, it's it's a tough one certainly to talk about uh, the passing over the weekend. And I know you wrote about it um, in the Tribune of uh, of Ty Jordan as he was back home in Texas. Uh, apparently a, a gun accidentally discharged and uh, and he did pass away. It happened uh, Christmas night. And um, oh, uh, the, the, I, I feel so much for the his his family, obviously, Gordon, but uh, that that youth football community and and um, yeah, man. He was too young. And this is, uh, you know, he was an incredible football player. But that aside, 19 years old is just just too young. It's really tough. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I look at this, uh, I try to delineate here, but the human side, I mean, a 19-year-old human being with such a bright future passes accidentally like that. And the football side, what a great talent this kid was. And as the season was wrapping up for the Utes, Jake, and you and I were talking about the bright, bright future of Utah football, what was the first name that came to mind? Yeah. Well, I made the comment, I think it was last week, that he's already the best player on the team. Yeah, yeah. you did. I remember you saying mm-hmm. that, and you were absolutely right. What a bright young talent. And uh, and then, of course, the human side, so much ahead for, for this young man. And, you know... It's uh, I, I, sometimes you're just left uh, without a lot of words to say, yeah. you know, and, and that was my reaction. I saw that. I saw that uh, and that it had happened. And I just I sat there for like three minutes and didn't move. So uh, this is horrible. What a terrible thing. But life is like that sometimes, man. And uh, 2020 has been. Some kind of crazy year and a sad year in a lot of ways. But uh, this story was very difficult. And I thought that Kyle Whittingham's issued statement was really tender and really sincere. And I appreciated him writing what he wrote because it was there was nothing manufactured about that that came from the coach's heart. And I think he was speaking for a whole lot of people involved with that program. And not just that program, man. Anybody who saw this kid play had to like him. Yeah. I, that, that goes that goes for Ute fans, goes for BYU fans, goes for Utah State fans, goes for everybody. Anybody who saw that kid play thought, wow, look at that. Unfortunately, I think this, uh, and I thought about this over the weekend, I think Ute fans or this community really uh, at large is going to look on on Ty Jordan a lot like we look on uh, Wayne Estes, the, the uh-huh. basketball player yeah. up at Utah State. And it's a little bit different because Wayne played for uh, for three years uh, before his unfortunate death. But, Gordon, whenever we bring up, hey, who's the best, uh, who was the best college basketball we've seen in this state? You know, there's some Aggie fan somewhere that will call Still. or email or tweet yep. and go, oh, man you should have seen Wayne Estes play. He was just incredible. And and again, we have a shorter, you know, time period, unfortunately, with Ty Jordan. But he was so electric and he was he was so good. And he did. He had the potential to be one of the the great running backs at Utah, which is a school that has had many great running backs. And I, I would guess that, you know, Ty will be viewed a lot like Wayne is in that way, where there's kind of this extra aura uh, around him because it was just cut short and he was so good. I agree with that. And it's easy to say that uh, now that, you know, there's no way of proving that it would happen. But, Jake, in that same conversation we had last week, I remember you saying that he could end up the all-time rushing leader at that school. Yep. And that was before we knew any of this was happening um, or going to happen. So I, I agree with uh, I agreed with your statement then, and I agree with it now. Those who project ahead, this kid had such a bright future was so talented, was so energetic, and uh, from everything I've read about him, he you know lit up a room when he was there. So really, really sad. And man, uh, it's like it's like when you're talking to you when Sadie comes to you and asks you questions, Jake, about life sometimes and some of the struggles in it. What are you going to say to her? You say life just has those moments that are almost unbelievable, unbearable. It just has these tough. It also has great high moments of extreme happiness. 
But, man, a time like that, when when that kid is sitting on top of the world and has so much to look forward to, uh, just just mind-numbing and heart-numbing as well. Yeah, and uh, you could tell that the reaction certainly uh, from the coaching staff, as you mentioned, uh, Coach Witt's comment, I, I agree with you, very good and appropriate, but his teammates too. You could, you could tell those yeah. guys were hurting and, man, tough. You're right, Gordon. Life is uh, life is tough sometimes. Life oh. is tough. So I guess I guess what we take away from this is hug your loved ones, and don't take a minute of your life for granted. You know, because, I, uh, things like this can happen, and it's just so very sad. I mentioned this um, when we talked about it on Saturday a little bit on the on the Jazz pregame. But you know, uh, our families uh, we're close to the the right family, and Doug is a bit of a, a friend and mentor to me. And they had a uh, they lost uh, their son, and from there on out, uh, Doug always ended his show with uh, "Hug the ones you love." And I always thought that was a uh, um, a great sentiment from him uh, going through what they did. So yeah, I um, you put it you put it best right there, Gordo. Hug the ones you love. Appreciate it for sure. Okay, let's let's instead of diving right into the jazz, let's get into the jazz coming up on the other side. Uh, we will talk about that. We'll get to Zach Wilson a little bit later on uh, in the show. But uh, I thought it important we start with the Ty Jordan story. It's it's really difficult to talk about, but it's man, what a blow. Um, yeah, I hope everyone uh, everyone takes the time to do exactly what you said and remember Ty Jordan, remember that name, remember that kid, remember that human being, remember that player. Yep. He's, he's worth remembering. All right, more coming up next. This is The Big Show uh, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Locked on to the Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today, Van Morrison, selected by me and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artists inside at LiveNation.com. Gordon, I, uh, uh, my girls, uh, my daughter Sadie and my wife, uh, got me Van Morrison, uh, Van Morrison record for Christmas, because Brown Eyed Girl, that's kind of my song for them, because they both have brown eyes, and we didn't oh, have nice. it on vinyl, so nice. they got that for me. And my wife uh, was tired of me complaining about not being able to find records, so she bought me these like tabs to organize it or whatever, and I. I I reorganized all my records over the weekend, which was quite a project. How long did that take? Oh, probably two, two and a half hours, something like well, that. Well, how do you organize them? Do you do it alphabetically? What? Uh, ah, this I, this was uh, this was something that you have to tackle uh, going into it. And uh, I loved the high fidelity jokes that I got on Twitter from uh, from Chris Camrani and others, even our boy Aaron Falk jumping in from Southern California. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to do it autobiographically. Uh, that movie is so good. It is. That movie is so good. Uh, I just did it alphabetically, Gordon, by artist's last name. Mm, okay. Which was controversial because my wife was like, why wouldn't you go with the first name? And then what about bands that aren't like a person and those go, you go by the first letter. So if it's like Metallica, that goes under M. Sure. But oh, if it's it like Patsy sense. Cline, that goes under K. <laughs> 
And uh, then, I, could see, I could see the argument there, yeah. And then here's the thing, though. This is the weakness in it. What do you do with, like, soundtracks and collections and that sort of thing? The Dewey Decimal which, which I have a lot of. So that got its very own section. Oh, all right. So here's the question, and I, I know you don't know the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway because our listeners are wondering, how many records do you have? I don't know. I, I should have counted, but I've, I'm probably, uh, I've probably got a few hundred. Wow. All right. That's serious business. Yeah. I, I mean, like, probably like two to three hundred. Is this one of those things where it's almost uh, snobbish that you uh, care so much about the vinyl? Because other people, you know, can just download music or whatever. And But you are a purist. Are you a snob? Yours. Uh, maybe I guess you could. No, I I don't feel like I'm a snob. I'll tell you why I really like it. Uh, there there are three reasons that I really like it. One, the hobby aspect, where it's okay. kind of like a like a coin collection, like that sort of thing, like the hobby part of it. I really like going to the record store and flipping through, you know, and seeing what's there and that sort of thing. And are I most feel, of the records you buy used? Uh, yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, unless uh-huh. I mean I got the new folklore Taylor Swift album that was new. The problem with buying used, though, is that what if it's scratched? Well, that's why you have to be careful who you buy stuff from. Awesome. Like, if you go to a uh, free plug for them, I like Randy's Records, uh, Austin and I. Austin's been there with me, and they have a certain standard in their store. So if you buy a used record from them, you can be confident that it's in a certain condition. Okay. Because they right, won't good. buy it if it's scratched or whatever, so you can. that's a good way uh, to do it. But if you like, if you go online, I mean, that's the Wild West. You never know what you're going to get. Um, so what what do you love about but, vinyl records? So that's that, uh, that's yeah. the first one. Second, I like that it it doesn't force you, I guess, but you listen to the whole album. You don't just download the hit that you like. You get to listen to like I, I was talking to Tim Lacombe about Rumors by Fleetwood Mac the other day. Every track on that bad boy is awesome. Is really <laughs> really good. So, so does one listen, does one one song lend itself to the next to the next? To yeah, the next? yeah. Like you 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 take in you consume the whole album as opposed to just uh, just the one track. And then uh, third, I think the album art is something that's lost in in the online music experience. Like the 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 jacket, and then usually there's a story about the album or some goofy poem by some out there artist or whatever. But uh, <laughs> I think that that's lost with the digital. Stuff. So those those are my three main reasons for really liking. Records. How would you compare the sound quality? Um, you get a, it's a little more scratchy. It's a little bit more raw for sure. I mean, it's but quite, it sounds like you like that. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with older stuff that really wasn't meant to be so pristine. So of all your collection, which record do you think is uh, what's the word, Austin? Rare. Just one that, maybe one that is rare and one that is treasured by you. Um, well, any you know, I've been gifted a lot of records, though. You know that attaches sentiment to it. But um, I love Bob Dylan, "Blood on the Tracks." That's just an incredible record that I'm really happy that I have. Oh, okay. Uh, by the way, you Chasta trailer tweets in. Wait, Patsy Cline goes under K. Uh, Klein apparently starts with a C. I thought that, but I wasn't you sure. You didn't want to yeah. humiliate me on the radio? Thanks no, a lot. No, I, I honestly thought I was wrong. <laughs> you don't have to be so PC about it. <laughs> Klein. Whoops. Okay, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I got it. her initials. Um, 
that landed. Well, this of, has been a fun. It has. Should let's we get into the some sports? Should we get into the split story of the day? Let's let's do that. Next segment, I'll tell you about my stamp collection. Uh, let's How do I that. Organize that. <laughs> I bet it's incredible. All right, <laughs> hit it. Have a coin collection too. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Outlet up the sideline to O'Neal in the left corner. Swings it back up top to Donovan. Off the go bear pick at the free throw line. Low dribble, finds Rudy. He packed it on Nurkic. Oh, Yusuf Nurkic is in a Rudy Gobert poster. And he's fouled. Clarkson, long strides to the front court. Hesitates, drives to the basket. Hands to Rudy. Kicks to the corner. Mike Conley right corner pocket See how excited the Jazz are. The bench, when that extra pass was made to Conley in the corner, the bench, all of them stood up, hands up in the air. They, they could just see it coming. And that'll do it. 120 to 100. The Utah Jazz blow out the Portland Trailblazers. Push ahead to Bogdanovich. Gives it back to Donovan. Catch and shoot three. Pow! 107-103. 224 left. Pass out to Clarkson. Stolen by Minnesota. Going to the rack is Beasley, and he dunks it home. Quinn Snyder was calling Rudy to be flat, which means they're not running the pick up to the ball. Free throw by Russell is good, and that'll do it. So Minnesota will go to 2-0, and a disappointing loss for the Utah Jazz. Well, Gordon, it's the tale of two games thus far in the Young Jazz season. Uh, looked really good against Portland, 120 to 100, and then Saturday night against Minnesota, not so much. They lose 116 to 111, and they made it kind of close at the end. But but Minnesota thoroughly outplayed the Jazz, I thought, on Saturday, and uh, the games looked very different. They sure did, and I'll tell you, I have a feeling this is going to happen on occasion with this Jazz team this year. When they don't shoot the ball well, they're toast. They uh, when when they shoot thirty eight percent. What was it from three? Twenty. It was under thirty, right? From three. I mean, when when you do that, and you're the Jazz, and you emphasize that part of the offensive uh, structure so much, you're gonna you're gonna lose those games, and it's gonna happen on certain occasions. The problem is what led up to the misses. You know. If you're going to talk to Quinn Snyder about this, he would probably talk long before the release of the ball what led up to that. And the Jazz have to be stronger. They have to be tougher in in the way they play at both ends of the floor. And I thought they were weak in that game. Well, Minnesota played them differently. Um, you know, the they were very aggressive on defense, and I thought mm-hmm. it it put the, the Jazz out of their game a little bit. And I'm, I'm trying to thumb through... Oh, here's the the tweet from Locke. Because this really surprised me from David. Because it was not the impression that I came away with. Uh He says here, uh, think the NBA is a make-or-miss league? The Utah Jazz had virtually the same exact shot quality versus Minnesota as they had versus Portland. Portland had virtually the exact same shot quality as Minnesota. And I just, that, I did not think their shot quality against Minnesota was good. I, I didn't. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was much different than Portland. I didn't think that they were getting open. I thought the the style the Jazz played was was much different. And so you know, Locke has his stats, but I I don't know if I'm coming along with that. I I didn't. Yeah. I didn't think the offense reacted well to the pressure defense the T Wolves were using. I agree with you, and, and this is one of the problems. I respect David, and I respect the the hard work he puts into that stuff. But shot quality, okay, according to what judgment. You know, right. 
uh, I, there, there's wiggle room there. And I thought the Jazz were bothered, too, and uh, that, that the looks weren't as, as good as they need to be. But, but even, even if what David is saying there is true, uh, there's going to be nights like that. There's going to be nights when the ball just doesn't go in. And I, I've never been able to figure it all out. But that, that's going to happen. But I, I think it does have to do with the aggressiveness of the defense. And this is something the Jazz are going to face because word gets around about how to how to bother a certain team. And the Jazz is going to have to find ways to make their shooters comfortable so that they are the kind of shots that they're hopeful for. And then if they miss, then they miss. And that's going to happen sometimes. But you don't want to allow the defense to dictate uh, you know, the quality of your, your opportunities. And the Jazz just looks soft to me in that regard, in that game. But prepare yourself because this is going to happen. I was a little surprised that it happened in the second game of the season. But this is going to happen from time to time. I don't think it will happen frequently, but it, it is going to happen. And the Jazz are going to look the way they did there. Well, just on the shot thing real quick, and I know this doesn't tell the whole story, but against Portland, uh, the Jazz had 24 assists on 43 made field goals. Uh, Against Minnesota, they had 15 assists on 36 made field goals. So, it... Uh, you know when the, what we saw in the preseason, what we saw against Portland was this free-flowing, uh, up-tempo, high-paced. You know, take the mm. first shot you get kind of offense. And against Minnesota, it was just it was a lot more one-on-one, which I get is what you've got to do to attack uh, a team that's that's playing that aggressive in-your-face defense. I mean, you got to take it right to them. Like I get it, but they got also have to find a way to get the shots they want to get. And and again, you know, David. Uh, has his metrics, but it just didn't feel like that uh, with the game I was watching on Saturday. Yeah, I agree with you, Jake. I agree with you 100%. And it doesn't help when the Jazz are turning the ball over twice as many times as the opponent. But they also I creamed mean, them on the board, so that helps. Yeah. Well, 58 uh, to 40. I, they out rebounded yeah. them by 18. If you had given me just that stat alone, I would have thought, okay, easy Jazz win. They had 20 offensive rebounds. So, yeah, they turned the ball over 18 times, but they also got 20 offensive boards. Rudy alone had eight offensive rebounds. Yeah. Jazz have to shoot the ball better, Jake. I know that is such a simplistic thing to say, but it's so true, especially with this team, the way it's structured, the way they want to play. They've got, uh, you know, Bogdanovich can't go three of 16. That's just... That is Donovan Mitchell, six of twenty-three. You can't do that and have the Jazz win, even when you are dominant on the boards the way they were. That's two of the Jazz. That's well. That's the Jazz's two best scores, neither of whom were efficient. No, they, that's yeah. They did not play uh, real well, and I thought Donovan. Now, you can look at this two ways because the Jazz did get within striking distance, but I also thought Donovan really tried to force it in the fourth quarter. And I get it. He's, he's trying to be a playmaker and distribute and, and take over games when he needs to take over, but uh, they, they were effective defending him. Minnesota's got some, some underrated, long-rangey defensive players. Well, uh, Jake, does defense win championships? We've been talking so much about what the Jazz need to do defensively, and the Jazz ran into that on Saturday night. And they have got to get comfortable with it. They have to be efficient with it. They have to be effective. They have to be strong. They have to be. That's the word that came to my mind time and time again. 
you know, move, have sharp cuts, uh, strong picks. Uh, be, uh, what's the word? Present yourself in a way that is definitive and uh, that won't wilt. And if you miss the shots, then you're going to miss the shots. Well, that's going to happen sometimes. So tonight, Oklahoma City, the Jazz are on the road. Um, the game will tip off at 6 o'clock. Pre-game coverage uh, will begin at 5, so stay tuned for that. And I'm looking forward to seeing the, this kind of Thunder team. Um, I don't have the Thunder making the playoffs, but uh, I think you and I both really like Shea Gilgis-Alexander's game. He's really fun to watch. And with as many assets as this Thunder team has uh, accumulated over the past couple of years uh, and building off what they've got to build off, um, I, I mean, I think the Thunder actually an intriguing story not because they're good because of the potential and if you're a kind of a geek for behind the scenes you know roster moves and that sort of thing like me i'm i'm fascinated with what the thunder are going to do yeah and i i would i kind of look at this game a little differently i would say it's more about the jazz and the way they play and the way they bounce back and if if the jazz are a better team than the thunder if they go out and do what they've they've been coached to do, and have practiced to do, if they if they go out and do it in a firm way, they're going to win, they're, in my opinion. Uh, but that's just what I think. Well, you probably thought they were going to beat Minnesota on Saturday. I sure too. did. Yeah, yep, so I sure you, did. You never but, know. But but yeah, but that's uh, whose fault was that? You want to give Minnesota credit for the way they played, but the Jazz were beneath themselves. They, they betrayed themselves in that game. And I bet you you talk to each and every one of those Jazz players and they'll say the same thing. Yeah, they were facing uh, really uh, inspired defense. But do what you need to do, and then you're going you're gonna to win most of those games. And it didn't happen the other night. We'll see if it does tonight. All right. Uh, so, as I said, 6 o'clock uh, tip-off, 5 o'clock pregame right here on the Zone Sports Network. Stay tuned for it all. Uh, coming up next... Uh, There's some things said about Zach Wilson over the uh, weekend. We'll dig into that coming up next. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You, you know, ever, Jake? What? I, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. If if Austin ever makes you really mad and is disruptive, and and you don't think he's doing his job right, are you going to do uh, what Ron Rivera did and uh, release him as uh, Ron did Dwayne Haskins? Why don't just I, re- release him? Show show him who's boss. I don't think I have that authority. <laughs> and nor have I ever done anything like Dwayne Haskins was up to. <laughs> All true. Oh man, it's I, that was just interesting to me when I saw that. I thought, okay, uh, Ronnie Boy now has cemented his power in in uh, in that case. So anyway, well, Dwayne was not playing well, so that that, that helps. helps that helped things <laughs> right there. 
You know, whenever we talk about stories of people getting cut, I just think of that old Simpsons scene. And I know I'm talking to Austin, who's not a Simpsons guy, and Gordon, there's no way you've seen this show. But uh, Homer is coaching the Little League football team, and he gets up in front of the team, and he's like, now it's time for the favorite part of any coach's job. <laughs> the cuts. <laughs> and then he goes, uh, now I couldn't cut all of you, but I cut a lot of you. <laughs> Which, of course, is the exact opposite of what the truth usually is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Seriously. Remember, Coach Mack was talking about it well, a couple of weeks ago, right? Where some coaches, some sick coaches out there take pleasure in it. I, I, our, our high school baseball coach had a smile one day a year. Cut day? Cut day. Cut day. That's pathetic. Come on. <laughs> Any decent coach would not enjoy that. That's like a boss saying, I enjoy firing people. Oh, man. Uh, we had a boss once that I was uh, convinced enjoyed firing people. <laughs> well, whatever the case, it is, that, that, that's a sad condition to find yourself in. <laughs> the baseball I mean, coaches are, smiling know, they, ear to ear as the kids walk away in tears. Oh, you got, you got morning, guys. This is, this is so important to them, and they work their butt off. And they're not. And I understand there might be some kids that the coach might uh, be happy to say goodbye to. But what about that poor kid that's doing everything he can to make the team and has worked his tail off? And I now you're going to you're going to smile about kicking that guy out. Come on. Uh, there's something wrong Didn't with Didn't even that. know he knew my name till cut day. Okay. And anybody who enjoys firing people off the job when that's their livelihood, shame on you. So there. Right. So there. How many people have you fired in your in your day there, Gordon? Uh, well, none. None? Never had the pleasure? You ought to try it. It's delicious. I've, I've had a negative impact on maybe one or two people, uh, but I... Oh, I, so you, I, you submarined them from behind the scenes. <laughs> no, I've never... Oh, wow. I've never, no, no, I've never Cold taken it... Cold-blooded. I've never taken it that far. I nor forwarded would a I, few emails. <laughs> nor would I enjoy that, for sure. I would hate that. And most of the coaches I've talked to through the years, and maybe they're lying to me, but they say they hate those cut days because of the very reasons that we were talking about that it's uh, heartbreaking for some folks just like it is people who are counting on their career and their paycheck and who 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 likes uh, doing that to people hello scotty uh you know who i think should not 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 be working here anymore <laughs> Lloyd. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, that's, that's funny. I learn something new about you every day. No, no, I wouldn't do that to Lloyd. I don't think Again. I Again. <laughs> I know a guy who, who thinks that I got him fired, but I did not. I did not oh, I know who it. you're talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. I don't think you did have anything to do with that. No, I didn't. Saved his job on a couple of occasions, if I do say so myself. But somehow I got blamed for it, and that's uh, wow. that's unfortunate. But uh, but anyway, it, it you know okay. I, I would hate that. I would hate that. Oh, you know what else I would hate is if somebody slandered me on some stupid website and uh, cost me money in the NFL draft. <laughs> uh, hmm. Okay, explain further. Uh, WalterFootball.com, whatever that is, mm -hmm. uh, had a, an article out there on uh, Zach Wilson. Well, on, on 
you know, draftable quarterbacks, that sort of thing. And uh, there was a quote from, and they said NFC director. I don't even know what that is. Director of scouting? Is that that the director of catering? I no, I wondered the same thing. Says, uh, what's what's an what's an NFL director? NFC director, not NFL NFC, director. Yeah. NFC yeah. director. Uh, but it says uh, I'll just read the tweet here. Harsh quote from an NFC director on BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. Quote: Wilson has character concerns. Rich kid who is an entitled brat. Uncle owns JetBlue. Parents are a pain. Not a leader. Selfish, and he's a know-it-all. Unquote. From an NFC director. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how to react to that because I don't know what he's basing that on. I mean, are our, our, uh, frontline athletes sometimes um, uh, in love with themselves? Arrogant? Uh, yeah, I, I say most of them are to some extent. They have to be in order to be a confident player, but... I don't know if any of that is true about Zach Wilson. Do you? No, I have I have no idea, and I don't know Zach personally, so um, I I don't know. I don't know where they're getting that from. I know it's really unfair to take things like what your uncle does for a living and make snap yeah. judgments on it. I don't think yeah. that's really I don't think that's really fair. If you look at his body of work at BYU, and and you know hindsight, you look at the way his teammates and coaching staff reacted to this news. I mean, uh, there has been. Uh, no behavior that I've observed that would uh, uh, lend any credit to that sort of thing. It just seems like a bunch of snap judgments based on stereotypes. I mean, I guess that's part of what NFL scouting is, I suppose. You have to make millions of dollars, you know, evaluations on a commodity that is a football player. And uh, I guess a lot can go into what you value and what you don't. So I suppose there's a lot of that that goes on. But, I mean, I, I've never heard anything like that um, coming right, out of BYU. Read that one more time, will you, Jake? And let's take it one step at a time. Let's see here. Uh, quote, Wilson has character concerns. Rich kid okay, okay, who's an entitled okay. brat. All right, wait a second. Uh, <laughs> I don't know Zach well enough to know whether that's true, but how, how does this guy know that? I don't know. Well, apparently he's making that judgment because his uncle owns JetBlue. <laughs> and then he adds, parents are a pain. What, I mean, that's like saying, what if you had an uncle who ended up in jail? You know, are you going to write something like that? Well, his uncle's in jail, so he must be a bad egg. That doesn't seem real fair. No, no, not at all. What's next? Parents are a pain. Isn't that true about a lot of players? Like, I, I have no idea if that's true or not, and uh, I, I'm not uh, lending credit to that one way or another. But isn't that true about, like... At least a healthy portion of of college and uh, soon to be pro athletes out there. I mean, you you talk, I, I talked to a high school coach once, Jake, and he said the biggest part of his job, the the the, the most painful part of his job, was dealing with parents. I believe that, and, uh, and and yeah, I mean that's I've heard multiple coaches say that, and parents care about their kid and they're trying to advance their position and give them every opportunity, but at the professional level. I just don't know that a parent has that much sway one way or the other over the way a kid's going to perform or what your relationship as an NFL franchise is going to be to that. I understand there are some super uh, overbearing cases. I get that. But I'm not sure that that's the case here to the point that it would dissuade someone from drafting a kid. The only thing I know about Zach Wilson's parents are, one, his dad played for the U. 
And two, his mom doesn't hate being on television. Yeah, she's been outspoken, right? Which I mean, is fine. Which is fine. Yeah. She's, so she's, she has an active social media right. voice. Huh? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so did Trey Burke's mom. Whatever. That was, you know. Yeah. Right. I mean, that that seems ridiculous to me. Uh, next, not a leader, selfish, and he's a know-it-all. Mm. Uh, well, okay. The know-it-all thing, come on. I mean, if the kid thinks he come knows on. what he's doing, I just don't have a problem with that. Um, and what was the one before that? Uh, not a leader? Selfish? Not a leader. That is damaging. I, I, I don't know I don't know what that's being based on, but, uh, and again, I haven't been in the huddle with, with Zach, uh, but that, uh, that would surprise me. He seems like a kid who cares a lot about winning. My theory on this, and I'm sure I'm not the only one to uh, to have this theory, but my theory on this is we see these random things pop out of nowhere on these uh, young people before the NFL draft, and it's it's teams and people out there trying to manipulate things. Uh, for example, Josh Allen a few days before the NFL draft, remember it came out, a, a, somebody revealed an ugly tweet that he had sent when he was like 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Remember uh, Laramie Tunstall? Uh, when was it the day before the draft, Austin? When the video came out of him smoking weed through the gas mask? Oh, it was yeah. at least the week of. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I remember that? It, it's kind of dirty pool. I get it, mm-hmm. but we also see it a lot. I mean, so I I wouldn't be surprised if this was some NFL. Uh, somewhere, some NFL brain somewhere saying, okay, let's manipulate this thing for our benefit. Maybe they actually like Zach Wilson and they're trying (laughs) to smear him so he falls to him in the draft. But we see this all the time. And then they pick some random outlet. I was talking to Austin about this. You know, you pick some random no-name outlet because you know the information is going to get out there regardless. And if you go around, say, a newspaper or radio or somebody that has some sort of responsibility to the truth, uh, then you can get whatever you want out there. But so, I have I have heard of that outfit. Have you really? Because yeah, you're the first person I've talked to that has. No, I have. They do mock drafts, and they've uh, I've I've seen some of their material online. But that, that, I mean, I can't speak to their credibility. Well, their website ain't terrific. I I, I think you <laughs> looks like it's made by a guy named Walter. <laughs> yeah, some bro named Walter. Your, your assessment, though, Jake, is. Uh, is an interesting one that uh, could this be coming from somebody who wants to devalue the kid so that their club can actually get him? Uh, who knows? I, that just seems like a really broad kind of damnation uh, of, of things that uh, may not really matter. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's dirty pool. Dirty pool. But that's how it works in the NFL. I mean, so what I understand, and I have not kept real close track of this part of it, but apparently uh, most of the folks around BYU football have uh, circled the wagons oh, yeah. in defense of uh, Zach. Oh yeah, which they absolutely should, mm-hmm. uh, because there, there could be you know hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of dollars on the line for this young man. Yeah. Well, the athletic has him going to the Jets at number two. Let's just hope that's not. Let's hope for his sake that that's not what happens. Uh, that, that's the thing about Zach Wilson, man. I have seen him. He climbed this whole season. He climbed in that draft, and I've seen him. I've seen some vacillation, but all the uh, predictions are in the top fifteen or so. Uh, and, and and like you said, some are as high as two, two. I like Casey Kasem on that one. Two. Two. 
<laughs> All right, stay tuned. Mannix joins us coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.